long time ago, there was a girl. She was strong and brave, and she learned to hunt and survive the wilderness of the Rhyme. A long time ago, there was a boy. He was quiet and keen and loved to read books, especially stories about demons. Each day, the boy would walk from town to the girl's cabin to read her stories. She loved his stories. Her favorite was Ira, the white-haired girl, a story about a girl with hair white as moonlight who danced with spirits and who loved a boy named Theodore, a boy cursed by a demon to become a raven. She loved that story, and she loved him. She would one day make the boy promise to name their children after Ira and Theodore. So many years later, that boy would return as a man to that cabin. After a journey long and hard, a journey of knowledge and demons. But when he returned, he would find that the girl was already gone. And in her place, there was a boy with hair black as raven feathers and eyes cold and spiteful. So many years more would pass and Theo would finally meet the daemon with whom he would form an unbreakable bond. A daemon with fur white as moonlight. He would ask her, expecting no real answer, if he could call her Ira. He had always thought the name was too pretty for him anyways. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm not Cap, but I am King now. That's what? the rules. That was not the agreement. <laughs> oh no! I am now King. It's the second act has arrived. Oh, oh no! It. The coup? Uh, wait, hold oh, on. No. Let me get the show notes out again. Yep, it definitely says I am now host king. I'm Dylan. Hello. <laughs> Dylan, could I have seen this coming? My ambition knows no end. Oh, your perfidy. Uh, anyways, yes, I am Dylan, and I am not. I am not actually the host king. That's that's Cat. Cat's the host king. Cat's over there. I'm still the host king. I'm very powerful, and I am over here. Yeah. Uh, also, now it's your responsibility. Hot potato, your turn. <laughs> like, like Robin Hood, I pay homage to the real king. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten. Th- th- thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> okay. Now that I've acclimated to this potato, Kathleen is with us. Hello. And we have Nick as well. Nick as well. And we are ready to party. Who's ready to party? I got a party hat on. I'm Did I'm ready to party. All right. Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party made their way through the foothills surrounding the last tooth, where they finally encountered the daemons that led them to the Lady of the River's origin. Dismayed and disgusted at the Ash Duke's propensity for touching things, she cleansed Penelope clear of her corruption and gave Theo a gift. A chalice of sorts, or water bound in the shape of one, it is hard to tell, that will aid Theo in stopping the Duke from touching things, which she cannot abide. The party stepped out of her cavern into the rain. And that, I believe, is where we're picking up. I think Penelope goes over to Polly and gives her a fistful of clover again. Is there clover around? Yes, Kirsten, sure. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) 
forever Clover, Clover forever. And acknowledges that Polly is a good cloud elk and passes her some delicious clover. She's been eating the clover the whole time. But this is special clover that I'm handing her. <laughs> special. <laughs> she does take it, but I need you to know she can get clover without you. <laughs> <laughs> no, my only purpose. <sighs> Alright then, Theo kind of greets Ira and thanks her for standing guard and watching over Polly and gives her a nice pat on the head and clears his throat and says, um, <clears throat> I think there's time for a discussion now. We have to choose where we go from here. I know you all want to ascend further, but I'm, I'm inclined to suggest we return to Dunbarrow, given what I've just received from her and the fact that your friends are still there and it seems like the Duke is not exactly planning to stop messing with the town in our absence. No, that all seems important and right. Yeah. Mm. But it looks like you were going to say something, Captain E. No, I... I... You had that... You... Hmm? You had that stance... Oh, I, I agree with Theo. We should go back to town. I, We don't have any supplies anyways, and it's going to be a little hard getting up there. Plus, I want Mr. Sot to come. Mm-hmm. And I thought we just kind of did things. I didn't know we had a leadership board. Huh. I'll, I don't know. It's just sometimes, sometimes you, you, like, do this thing, and it's not the thing that you do where you like make like a stance where you try to look like you're doing the thing it's more eh ah yes 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 okay I know the I know I know the pose you're talking about or it's just kind of like not really a pose but more of a mm-hmm. like he's thinking something important or something mm. something mm-hmm. I know the one shall we go back to town then Theo, do you know the fastest way there, I I imagine? Um, From here, mostly following the river, and then a short break through the tree line, and then we should be just north of the monastery, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Very well, then. Lead the way. Happily. um, And Theo just kind of begins marching on uh, in the same direction that they came from. All right. The party turns around and starts marching down the crying night river, which is already beginning to swell in the rain. You can see this stuff happening all over the place in the outside. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So many things. (laughs) So goddamn many things happening right now. In the outside. God, are you seeing all these things that are happening? There's just so much of it. Era, are you seeing this? My brain stopped. You ever just like your mid-sentence and then your brain just like, Constantly. This is my stop. Ding, ding. Let me off, please. I mean, Kathleen has edited me doing that several times. Shall we enumerate some of the things that are happening in the outside? So many things are happening in the outside. Okay. Like, there's a bunch of small bits of stuff that are tumbling out of the sky. 
Whoa. But not like just a couple of them, like a lot of them. Whoa. Cool. Tumbling out of the side of the river. <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> I need you not to. I need you not to do this right now, Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten, why? I think I think I confused myself. <laughs> I know you confused yourself, and in the process, you confused me. Okay, I'm gonna take one more take at this, and then I'm just gonna fucking teleport you all back to town. Don't <laughs> fucking test me. So the party walks through the rain down the banks of the crying night river, which is swollen with torrential rain. You can see it surging over the stones, pouring down little cascades beside you. A good distance beside you if you have any sense in you, but I suppose that's not for me to decide. The ground is soft and spongy, and if you look down, you can see water welling up around your boots as you step. Ira is literally steaming. Raindrops that <laughs> that hit her on the head just kind of <laughs> dissolve into mist. Pollyanna seems quite at home, although she regularly has to shake the excess rain out of her wings, which she does without any particular sense of politeness toward the rest of the party. Least of all Penelope, with whom she is still very comfortable being a jerk. <laughs> it's valid, it's fair. I can't help but imagining Tissa has a somewhat similar, but maybe slightly more conscientious uh, reaction to being in the rain this much. Like every so often, just like tilting her head so that the rain can drip (laughs) off her hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you look carefully, you can see those daemons in the undergrowth watching. Little white eyes peek out from under tree leaves or between branches. As you make your way out of the territory of the Lady of the River's Origin, down through that long, neutral area. And can I get some sensitivity rules from everyone, please? Any particular skill? Take your pick. Mm, I guess sensitivity survival. Penelope's watching the river and the terrain. Woof. I, I did sensitivity uh, focus and got one edge success. Mm. Oof. Two successes for Penelope. Hey, thank you, Penelope. Uh, Cobb's doing sensitivity humanity and making sure that uh, everybody's doing okay. Okay. Tissa is rolling sensitivity navigation because this is the time that you have to be careful about where you're going and how. And has two successes and a four if I need a third one. Two successes will be just fine because everything is completely fine. Um, Theo, if you want to keep that edge success, you know what? If you keep that edge success, the thing you become aware of will also become aware of you. What? Oh. Um, mm. Uh, <laughs> God. Why did I have to roll so bad? I don't want to put any more into the assist. I don't know why you had to roll that bad, but you chose to. Theo, my poor boy. Honestly, I think after everything with the Lady of the River's origin and just being generally tired with the putting on the showmanship of being the Arcanist, the mediator, I think he's just tired (laughs) and just lets it go. He just is drifting off, going on autopilot, leading everyone back and just kind of whatever it is, he, he just doesn't notice. 
He just does not notice. Uh, yeah, Cobb. I think what Cobb notices is that Theo is real worn out. <laughs> well, Cobb got uh, one normal success and two edge successes for his sensitivity humanity. Yeah, I mean, it's versus the party, so I don't know if I can really be the one who makes these declarations, but... Yeah, Theo's wearing it on his sleeve at this point. He's not exactly hiding the fact that this has been a bit of a uphill battle, <laughs> both physically and socially, <laughs> having spoken so much to other people. And I mean, kind of literally, we ran uphill from the Ambassador's Hounds, and then we kind of ran down the hill to, like, deal with Penelope, and then we went back up the hill. Been a time. What a time. What a time. So, the party walks and continues to walk. It is a miserable day for a walk. The softness of the ground makes your bones ache. And you're all soaked through, except Tissa, who may not even have a core to be soaked all the way through to. <laughs> the sky is dark to the point where 3 p.m. it is practically night. If the sun is still out, you cannot see it or tell where it could possibly be. And from there, you reach the end of your journey along the river, and it's time to break in toward Dunbarrow. At this point, I would like some more sensitivity rolls from everyone. I think Penelope's going to try sensitivity humanity. Doesn't do it often. Doesn't doesn't humanity often. But she's going to be like watching on the outer skirts of the town, like, what, what's the action? What's going on? How are the peoples? Okay. Theo is going to roll the same thing, just trying to stay on task, sensitivity focus, and did get two successes this time. Two successes and one edge. Okay. Cobble, Tissa would do. Tissa is trying to listen and feel for all of the demonic activity around with sensitivity spirits, but it's just really... <laughs> Really rainy and like really like hard to move, and she rolls a three, just, just one, one three, and a and a bunch of twos. Oof! It's so rainy, and when Tissa gets drenched, Tissa gets drenched. There is a lot of fabric. There is. Cobb is going to roll sensitivity focus because he's honestly, despite the fact that we've been getting rained on, like nobody is possessed. We're not currently being stalked by a giant spear-throwing demon woman. Um, so he's pretty happy, all things considered. And he got two successes. Okay. So the sensitivity focus... Oh, sorry. The sensitivity humanity folks both got two successes. I'm not going to ask uh, anybody for that edge. Two successes will tell you that it is quiet extremely quiet. There is nobody on the streets. Hmm. Is it usually this quiet around here? This time? So by now we're, we've actually arrived at Dunbar then, if I'm understanding correctly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to assume mid-afternoon it shouldn't be like this, so Theo kind of pauses. No. Even with a storm... Should be something. Cobb notices a place on the tree line where steam is rising. Cobb kind of like, I guess probably nudges Tissa first and sort of points in that direction. Hey, what's, what do you think's over there? Oh, is that 
where... That's probably the hounds, huh? Glaives? Look over there. That's certainly what it looks like. At least from here. Get did say that it was going to get strange. It's probably going to get strange. Mm. <sighs> Tissa leans on her spear and makes kind of a big circular stretching gesture and kind of opens her arms in a kind of like a some combination of dare we and must we. <laughs> I'm... Hmm. I don't necessarily know if I want to walk directly into them at the moment. I was hoping more to speak with someone from the monastery first. Can you reach any of your friends? Know where they are? Maybe we can meet them. Cat, what are the spell pieces? I know what the spell pieces are, and I would be glad to tell them. I love to tell That's people. That's what I thought. The spell pieces in the area. Mm -hmm. Give me a moment, please. Of course. Do, do, do. I just need to find the notebook that definitely has it in there. Mm hmm. I need to hurry up because if I don't, Nick's going to start making suggestions. You know, I actually was going to do that, but now that I've been preemptively called out, I don't think I will. <laughs> I know your jam by now. I know your tricks. Ah, See, this is the joy of having a mature campaign. <laughs> Nick doesn't even have to tell us that the spell piece is bananas. Out of curiosity, what were you about to say? Uh, one of the spell pieces was going to be steaming. One of the other spell pieces was going to be uh, miserable. <laughs> okay. So, um, I have not chosen either of those. I mean, none of those were in my papers already prepared. The spell pieces here are Storm, Green, Blossom, Lonely... Fearsome and white. Kat, do you think that I could use finding white to find Ged because she is all white and gray, as we discussed a million years ago? Or is there too much like blinding white fire for that to be a good option? I'm torn because on one hand, there are a lot of things that could be described as white around here. But on the other hand, Tissa has explicitly referred to Gideon as being white and gray. Yeah. So it, it's very in character for this spell to work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's put that in the scatter structure. Let's just say like uh, one scatter will tell you where lots of different things are. Um... Three scatter will tell you where two very specific things are. And four scatter will allow you to choose and communicate with one of these things. Hmm. This is a good series of choices. Well, I'm glad. Which is to say that it's taking me a long time to decide. How much of a sense will I get from the middle option? Mm, you'll definitely get just like a concrete... A concrete idea of locations. Yeah, let's go that way. Okay, so three scatter? Mm-hmm. All right. Three scatter will tell you that there are two kind of uh, very white, like, presences, existences 
Um, one of them is grayish and bluish and cold and familiar. And one of them is blazing and cold and unfamiliar. And they are both <laughs> at the monastery. I see. So as Tissa casts this spell, there's almost just like a brief pulse of light and maybe the rain slows down just slightly like it did up on top of the mountain. Um, they're at the monastery. Of course um, they are. Okay, that's good news. Um, wait, um, which one specifically are you referring to? One of your companions? Um, but, yeah, um, Geddes there and the... I'm pretty sure it's gotta be the ambassador there because, um, too weird to be a person. Oh. She's there as well. Okay. That could be good. The other arcanists will at least be there. So. Well, I guess that really settles where we're going then, unless anyone has any reason to argue. There is a section, it is not near the monastery, well, it's not far from the monastery, but it's not near the monastery, where now that Cobb has brought attention to it, you can all see steam pouring up from the tree line. So that's happening near the monastery? Yeah, it's not far from the monastery. Hmm. Do you guys want me to do, like, a quick flyby scout and see what's going up with, going on with that? Do you think you could see anything? really dark, but if you can, that would be really good. Yeah, if you can go take a look at that, that would be great. I want to go check in on the, the inn, just to see if uh, anybody's still there. Mm. Alright. So, I guess Penelope is going to take it to the sky. Alrighty. So, Cobb, you're breaking away from the rest of the party to check the inn? Yeah, Cobb's just going to go check the inn real quick and then catch back up with everybody. Okay. The inn's door is locked. There is no sign of anyone inside. Cobb just kind of, like, kind of bang on the door and just, Sot? Mr. Sot, are you in there? There is no answer. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully he's at the monastery. And then Cobb is going to run to catch back up with everybody. So let's let's go to the scouting mission. Can I get a sensitivity roll from the sky from Penelope, please? Um, so I think she's going to roll sensitivity. No, not really riding. Sensitivity survival, I guess. To know how to get the best view of what's going on on the ground. Okie dokie. Give me a roll. Ah, actually... Two successes and an edge. Okay. So for two successes from the sky, you can see that the steam is coming from a single tree. An old one, by the look of it, very large. It is skewered through with javelins and it is burning mm. with a clear white fire. Is there anybody or anyone around? You can see the shapes of hellhounds stalking around it, but only a couple. Hmm. Is Penelope familiar enough with the ambassador that she can tell this is her work? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. 
like Dunbarrow is full of those pearly javelins, you'd be able to recognize one, yeah. All right. So she's not going to spend too, too much time hanging around. She's just going to observe and then report. She's going to head back to everyone else. All right. Yeah, party's making its way toward the monastery when Penelope lands nearby and describes the situation. Um, so that smoke is from a tree that's on fire. It's surrounded by hounds, javelin in it. Uh, looks like the ambassador's javelin. Mm, so he touched more things then. Yes, that's what it sounds like. She's, I don't know, picking away at things that he's messing with. I think it's safe to leave that as it is for the moment. Mm. So the party breaks through the trees to see the monastery at Dunbarrow. It is a modest brick building with a brick wall and a lush garden. And it too seems deserted, except a keen eye can see people peeking out through the windows. It is surrounded by prowling hellhounds. Move according to directions they understand, but no one else does in concentric circles around the building, sniffing at the ground and occasionally lifting their heads. And standing at the front door is the ambassador in Pearl. Enormous and shining even in the limited light and in the rain. Is she standing facing the door or like away from it, like she's blocking entry? She is facing the door right now. Okay. Oh man. Actually, I think that's that's in character. Oh man, um, Theo clicks his tongue at Ira and just starts jogging quickly, but not quite a sprint towards the monastery to enter from the the main gap in the wall through the garden and is going to approach. Yeah. Now that your perspective on the scene has shifted, you can see that several of the Elder Arcanists are also outside, including Callum, who is standing near the ambassador. Seems to be speaking to her, but you can't, in the rain, hear what he's saying. Um, I'm hoping to get, like, eye contact with one of them as I'm entering, but if not, I'm going to approach a reasonable distance to not, like, startle anyone. Um... I don't necessarily want to shout over the rain, I suppose, but hoping to at least get someone's attention before I get too close. No, uh, Callum looks up and sees you moving through the garden and looks away just as quickly. And focuses attention back on the ambassador. But he does seem to have noticed you, yes. Ooh, okay. Um, alrighty. Well... Not much else I can do other than just approach and throw myself into whatever is happening. So, yeah, Theo's just going to approach. What about everybody else? Um, Penelope is is following, but uh, letting Theo take the lead. Yeah, Cobb's right there, too. Tessa's been following along. She might be slightly closer than the rest of the party, but... She is, in fact, letting Theo take the lead here. This is sort of like his place. Hmm. So are you going to the front door of the monastery, or are you trying to to sneak into the monastery? 
was just gonna go into the front door, I guess. Tissa is not known for subtlety. This is where everything is happening. Ged likes to be where things are happening. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. I'm gonna just take a quick scroll through this. Do, do. Alrighty. So the party makes their way up to the front door of the monastery, where the ambassador stands in Congress with the elder arcanists. Everyone involved is drenched. Some of the elders have had the presence of mind to lift the robes on their hoods. Callum has not, unsurprisingly. His familiar is watching you approach while he is focused on the ambassador. Oh dear. I'm going to keep a like respectful distance and find a point at which to just stop, plant my glaive, and give a knowing glance that I just want to express that it, it I have something to say that needs to be heard without interrupting because this is clearly important. Yeah. Callum glances back up at you again and that chubby one-eyed orange cat trots over to you, looks up at you with its tail swishing back and forth irritatedly. Hmm. Fine. And I will kneel down. I have something that can undo the corruption from the lady at the origin of the river. It might be enough to scare him away for a while. With a wiggle of its chubby little backside, it trots back to Colum and hops up onto his shoulder, rubbing its cheek against his ear. And eventually he stops talking and extends an arm to you. Kind of gestures with his with his neck and head to come over. All right, and I do just that. So, I hear you have something to tell us, he says, with a smile laced with deep, deep fatigue. Ooh. The ambassador watches, her face blank. Theo puts the affect back on the somewhat uptight and respectful demeanor. Yes, I've been gifted something that can potentially discourage our unwanted guest from continuing to meddle and taint this place. The ambassador's eyebrows climb. I produce the invisible chalice of, of water. She looks intrigued. She stoops very slightly, only a matter of a couple degrees, but she does. He gives like a respectful and, and gracious kind of nod and quietly, just, just loud enough to be heard over the rain from your sister. There's a, a sound in her throat that is hard to interpret. It lasts only a second, but there's something there. <laughs> Not breaking his expression as best he can, Theo says, and respectfully, I did promise to tell you on her behalf that you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Callum has to cover his face with his sleeve for a second. <laughs> <laughs> 
pardon my ignorance, I am unfamiliar with the extent of your relationship, but that was what I promised. And finally, the ambassador speaks. Bring them out then. Show me. And the Arcanists look at each other and they look at Theo and there is a barely masked terror in these expressions. He's touched some of them, hasn't he? Yes. Yes. Well, standing here isn't going to do anything. She's the one in charge. Hmm. One of the elder arcanists turns around and heads back into the monastery. The hounds are still circling the place. The steam rising from that tree not far away is given way to a thick smoke. Still bone white, carving its way through a gloomy sky. And the ambassador waits, javelin in hand. Expression, as usual, unreadable but nonetheless hostile. And eventually, the Arcanists produce a trio of young people, probably only teenagers. They are dressed like farmhands and each has somewhere on their person a streak of ashy black. And they huddle together closely, clutch at one another, look back and forth between one another and the demon who stands there javelin in hand watching. Oh, God. Okay, so Theo puts himself between them with his back to her and holds the water in his hand and gets one of their attention and just says, it will be fine. And holds out his hand and says, show me. And one of them eventually uh, extends their arm, which is ringed around at the bicep as if someone grabbed them. And with that, Theo takes the water and slowly pours it across their arm just enough to coat the surface and roll over the black mark. And where it does, that familiar herbaceous smell floods the air. And things seem just a couple degrees colder, even in the rain. And this water is, in a way you cannot describe, different from the rain. You could pick them out drop by drop. And that dark, sooty handprint dissolves. There is collectively an enormous sigh. All right. Theo smiles. Go sit down. You, next. Show me. The shorter of the three of them has a mark on their shoulder. Again, as if somebody laid a hand on it. And uh, he repeats the process. The last of them has um, has a mark around the wrist as well. And one on the back. 
as if they were shoved. Hmm. And once Theo is done with this, the ambassador relaxes. It is an unusual thing to see as her shoulders decline, but a matter of a couple degrees and the javelin in her hand is lowered again, a couple degrees. She opens her mouth and instead of a voice coming out, there is a shrill whistle. The hounds lift their heads and scatter into the tree line. She looks down at the three adolescents for a second with what could be mistaken for a sneer or maybe something else that is hard to tell with her. And she turns on her heel and follows her hounds. Oh no. Oh no. He shouldn't, but he will. Um. <clears throat> okay. Um. Theo takes a couple steps following after. And, uh. Oh boy. This is, this is ill-advised. Um. <laughs> I love ill-advised things. He uh, clears his throat and again kind of speaks over the rain, knowing that she'll hear him and says, Neither of you like him very much. For you, I know it doesn't matter, but for us, it's nice to know that there's a way to do this that isn't so violent. I want him gone as much as you do, I'm sure. Please do let me know if you intend to hunt. And she stops and looks back over her shoulder at you with a look that could be described as understanding or perhaps just mute acknowledgement. It is with her hard to tell. And she stalks off into the trees again. it's time. I do believe it's time for memories. Memory time. Oh. I think my memory is... Actually, I'm sorry. I'm not sure yet. I should not have butted in and gone first. <laughs> this, this one felt kind of short, I think, because we had oh, a lot it? of... This one does feel a little short, but that's also, I think, because we had a lot of weird... Technical difficulties. I guess I guess we'll see when it comes out in the wash, shall we? Mm-hmm. We did have like more like fucking around than usual and it was fun. We did have more fucking around than I usual. I enjoyed the more fucking around than usual as as a person. I am also liking all of like the stark images. Like there's nothing quite like something being on fire in the rain for just being full of very rich aesthetics. Mm. Mm. That was pretty rad. And just like when Penelope flew over, she was like, okay, we're just going to like look at this and then nope, nope, nope. We're not going to interact with that. We'll just let everyone know. <laughs> Thank I've learned my lesson for a while now anyway, <laughs> for a bit. I like Theo's little call out to the uh, the ambassador at the end there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. My memory is definitely that uh, Theo, despite himself, just can't help but pick 
fights with demons. <laughs> he can't stop himself. He just loves to do it. Uh, he's just such he's he's just too proud for his own good. He's just a little shit, and I love him. He's a beautiful, <sighs> shitty angel. And there's a beauty, extra beauty to it when he's also right, you know? Well, don't let him know that. Do not ever. <laughs> do not ever let Theo know that. And especially <laughs> do not advise him to, like, talk back to his boss quite that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't give his boss any lip. <laughs> yeah, your boss sucks. I uh, I also like the, the image of... Um, Soaked Tissa kind of makes me think of like when you give a cat a bath. Just <laughs> I, I have like Tissa is probably substantially smaller in the rain, <laughs> <laughs> but heavier, way heavier. Just all that volume is gone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I also like the way that the ambassador communicates because. Like, we had talked a little about how you were going to do, and, like, previously she had been silent, and so, like, more or less continuing that is kind of cool. Yeah. I like the ambassador. I mean, I don't like the ambassador, mm -hmm. but I like the ambassador. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's fun. And if we're going to continue the hunt, that means I have an encounter to stab. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Th Theo's, uh, so I will say, Theo's picking fights with demons is not anywhere near over. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is not over, nor should it be. I was looking at my spell pieces like, can I do the magic equivalent of a call-out post? <laughs> <laughs> Heinous. Heinous, hideous, love it. At the ambassador. <laughs> oh, I was. it was more going to be like calling out uh, the Duke and being like, yeah, you lose and you suck and uh, <laughs> you can stick around in this area if you want to just keep losing because that's just how Theo is. All right, listener. Thank you very much for joining us. We love you. We love you to bits. Tell us all about the demons you've picked fights with and whether or not that was a good choice on your part. Talk shit about your boss on the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord. Talk shit about your boss on the BK Roll Dice Discord. Talk shit about your boss on Twitter and tag Peach Garden RPGs. <laughs> talk talk, talk shit about your great. boss to their face. Do it. <laughs> talk shit about your boss on the Sword of Symphonies website, swordofsymphonies.com. There's an email form. I won't rat you out. <laughs> you could also talk shit about your boss to their face. I mean, that's up to you. Kirsten, that's not the part of the episode this is. <laughs> and if they threaten to fire you, you powerbomb them through a table. Powerbomb your boss through a table. Uh, this one's getting away from you guys. This is, <laughs> this is my fault. This is my fault a little bit, I know. But <laughs> where can you find Dylan? Oh boy, uh, you can find Dylan talking shit about their boss at lasers with a Z underscore forever. And you can also find information about our actual play stuff on at TFTT underscore presents. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we're about to be embarking on a second season, right? Yes, it's very exciting. We're finishing Breach is Almost Done, and then it's season two, and then you know what? We're cooking. Yeah. I don't know. What do people say? You're going to get to watch me being uh, just a real, just a real cob of a snake man. <laughs> <laughs> 
just a real scaly himbo. Are you going to go full cob? <laughs> I'm not going to go full cob. <laughs> that requires ocean. But it's going to be a blast. Speaking of being a blast, it's been wonderful having you, listener. Thank you so much for listening to us. Catch you next time. See you next time. Bye, Zs. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead, under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because... I don't blink, so... Oh my god. The monstrous. (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip, young teen, coming of age in one of these locations... So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Or a social media influencer. And she took a, and she took a selfie too, and she put glass, their fake glasses. (laughs) Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? (laughs) In these Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High.